Adherence to treatment regimens is associated with improved outcomes in our patients with inflammatory bowel disease, or IBD for short. Many factors can contribute to a patient's non-adherence. Understanding what those factors are, especially in underserved patient populations, is an important category of care that we need to keep in mind, which is why today we'll be discussing just that. Welcome to GI Insights on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Peter Buck, and joining me is Dr. Leanne Chen. Dr. Chen is the 2016 Sherman Prize recipient for her research on underserved patients with IBD. She's also an adjunct assistant professor at NYU Grossman School of Medicine. Dr. Chen, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, Dr. Chen, would you start us off by discussing the increasing incidence of IBD in the non-white population? Sure. So, this is one of the things that I find very fascinating about IBD um, is that the composition in terms of the the populations affected by the disease has really changed in the past few decades. And so IBD is a diagnosis that has been more prevalent in certain parts of the world. So uh, Western Europe, Northern Europe, and countries in North America, such as the United States and Canada. And what we've seen over the past few decades is that there's really been an explosion of the disease in other areas of the world. So now we're seeing more and more inflammatory bowel disease in Central and South America and the Caribbean, a lot more in Asia. And so we're we're really seeing an increase in both the incidence and prevalence of the disease globally. And what should we know about food insecurity for IBD patients? Well, unfortunately, I think one of the things that we should know is that it is uh, more common than what we would expect. So there was a a great study that was published by Sid Singh and his colleagues fairly recently showing that one in every uh, seven to eight patients in the United States uh, is impacted by food insecurity. So, you know, if you think of the approximately three million uh, people with IBD in the U.S., uh, that's a significant number of, of patients who not only have to, you know, grapple with the challenges of their disease, but may have to consider, you know, food insecurity in addition to all the other medical costs that they have to deal with. And that, of course, is reaching just beyond our medical practices to see what else is available in the community. And that's the difficult part here. Yes, yes. And so, you know, one of the the studies, for example, that the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation put out showed that there are, you know, quite a number of additional costs for inflammatory bowel disease patients compared to to those who don't have the disease. And so what they and other groups have done is to to provide resources to help patients, you know, navigate the complexities of IBD. Um, And a lot of it is is online so that it can be, you know, available to those who, who have access to the internet. And I even have heard of physicians in specialized communities who are ready for this prescribing food. It's already built into their system. Yes. I mean, it's very difficult for patients with inflammatory bowel disease to to manage their symptoms and to manage, you know, potential food triggers. And so because the disease can cause deficiencies in dietary absorption of vitamins and other types of nutrition, it's, you know, important for everyone to have a healthy diet, but but especially so for IBD patients. And this is, you know, even more so a challenge when when patients are, are food insecure. And so, um, you know, I, I think that 
the practice is definitely novel. And I think the rationale is, is um, you know, almost common sense that, that we need to have access to food and healthy food in order to, to have healthy bodies. Many underserved patients have more severe disease on initial presentation. So how can we be involved earlier in their care? So that is a challenge that we unfortunately see over and over again. I think one important thing is partnering with our primary care providers, um, who are oftentimes the first individuals who may see a person who might have inflammatory bowel disease. And because, you know, underserved patients may not often have the opportunity to see a doctor to get care, you know, each touch point is more and more important. And so, you know, I think that it's incredibly helpful when we can partner with primary care docs to make that referral process easier, make that uh, initial evaluation easier so that patients can get diagnosed and not develop the many potential complications they can have from untreated inflammatory bowel disease. And then later down the line, how do you handle frequently missed appointments for IBD follow-up? So one thing that actually has become a little easier uh, during the pandemic is uh, telehealth appointments. And so, you know, this has been an opportunity for some IBD patients who can't take time off of work or can't travel to follow up with their docs. Sometimes it's just taking that extra time to to call a patient, to hunt them down. They've missed a follow-up appointment to try to get them back into the system. But, you know, unfortunately, there's so much going on in everyone's lives, um, and especially, you know, those um, who are, are struggling with financial difficulties um, and food insecurities that sometimes, you know, their IBD appointments and, and treatments are not at the top of their list. And so, Anything that we can do as medical providers to, to make that process a little bit easier, um, I think, is incredibly helpful. For those just tuning in, you're listening to GI Insights on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Peter Buck, and I'm speaking with Dr. Leanne Chen about IBD in underserved patient populations. So, Dr. Chen, if we switch gears a bit and focus on the current climate, what effect has the COVID-19 pandemic had on our underserved patients with IBD? Yeah, the pandemic has been a real challenge for all of our patients. So hospitals and medical offices have really had to change the way that we have been delivering care. So uh, doing more things remotely. Uh, I think the frequent changes and the occasional surges have also limited availability of not only providers for visits, but also um, limited the number of endoscopies and other diagnostic tests that we can do or that we can do quickly. So there sometimes have been delays. And so uh, we're certainly, you know, in a better place uh, now than we were a year ago. But I think, you know, there have definitely been challenges for, for everyone. And, and this has been compounded for patients who, you know, struggle with financial difficulties. I think the time that it takes for patients to have to and do, for example, um, COVID tests prior to endoscopies and, you know, difficulties sometimes with internet connection even to do a telehealth has been uh, a challenge. And so, you know, in one ways, this crisis has been an opportunity for some new innovation to take hold. But at the same time, it's led to a lot of challenges as well for our patients and, you know, has led to some fragmentation in their care. And given everything we've talked about today, Dr. Chen, 
How do you use culturally appropriate information for your patients? So I think all of us as providers, you know, want to provide care that's culturally appropriate and we want to speak to patients in a way that that resonates with them. So I think one is just trying to be, you know, aware of, of different cultures and different ways that patients may describe their symptoms, their relationship to various foods, their thoughts about, you know, medical care and their interactions with physicians. But I think the other side of that is that it's difficult to be all things to to all people. And so I think one of the things that various medical schools across the country has been you know, working on is promoting um, diversity in the physician population, among our trainees and faculty, et cetera, because patients do uh, appreciate when they are being taken care of by providers and in an environment that understands and respects their culture. So that is nice to see that push for more inclusion and, and more diversity in, in the medical community. Lastly, are there any other insights you'd like to share with our audience today? Yes, I think both for patients to know and also for physicians and and other providers to know um, is that there are resources that are available to patients when they're undergoing financial difficulties. And and this has become, you know, more common of an issue during the pandemic, unfortunately, is these gaps in insurance, gaps in care. And so I wanted to make sure that, you know, folks know that there are often patient assistance programs that, you know, pharmaceutical companies and other companies provide so that if, for example, a patient loses their insurance, they don't have to miss their infusions or or mistreatments. And sometimes even those who do have insurance but have to deal with very high copays can get uh, reductions in the cost of their medications. And so I really advise both medical professionals um, and patients to look into these options before any treatments are missed or delayed, just because the risk of complications developing inflammatory bowel disease is a real problem and is something that hopefully we can avoid. These were all extremely important insights, and I want to thank my guest, Dr. Leanne Chan, for educating us today. Dr. Chan, it was a pleasure having you on the program. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy, and and thank you so much for your interest in this topic. For ReachMD, I'm Dr. Peter Buck. To access this and other episodes in this series, visit ReachMD.com slash GI Insights, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.